You're listening to episode 13 of the Study Hub, Geography and PE. Drive Time on RTE Radio 1 with Sarah McInerney and Cormac O'Hara. And you're very welcome to the Study Hub this evening. And boy, look what can happen over a few short days. On Tuesday evening here, we were still using the word uncertainty about the Leaving Cert situation for the class of 2021. And then yesterday, certainty with the announcement of the plan that the Leaving Cert would consist of two approaches, this twin track process that we've been hearing about for some weeks now. And we will drill down into the details in a minute and help give you some clarity or as much as we can about this new form Leaving Cert. But also this evening, Get ready to move at your desk as we'll be bringing you a live desk-size session from PE teacher and footballer Mickey Quinn. So grab your water bottle and your sparkly leotard and get warmed up for a little bit of this. And also coming up shortly, life in lockdown has reminded so many of us of the power and the beauty of Mother Nature, but also we're aware of the effects climate change is having on the natural world. And shortly we will be discussing the subject that illuminates and explores all aspects of our wonderful world with this fascinating subject, geography. The government has to start making long-term preparations now. Jack, all you have is a theory. It's been raining like this for three days now. Vice President, if we don't act now, it's going to be too late. If you look at the 10 hottest years ever measured, they've all occurred in the last 14 years. The scientific consensus is that we are causing global warming. Temperature increases are taking place all over the world, and that's causing stronger storms. Early this morning, Hurricane Katrina slammed into New Orleans. Our ability to live is what is at stake. There's no pressure there. Some inconvenient truths there with Al Gore and friends. So get your questions in now for this very important and relevant subject, geography. Anyway, while thoughts of packing suitcases or umbrellas and anything like that is far off, the reality of the structure of the Leaving Cert has become much clearer. The Minister for Education, Norma Foley, told today with the Clare Byrne programme earlier today that the new plan announced yesterday gives students a choice. They can opt to take an accredited grade in a subject or sit an exam and those grades will allow students to progress and move on and achieve places at third level, if that's their plan. We are in the midst of a pandemic. In extraordinarily difficult circumstances last year, we achieved what was, at many instances, people thought could not be achieved, not just in terms of uh, achieving a Leaving Certificate exam, but indeed in making provision for students for having a pathway to third level and achieving places at third level. And I have every confidence that we will be in a position to do the same this year. There is no reason to doubt that. Minister for Education Norma Foley earlier on today with Claire Byrne will join us on the line now to discuss yesterday evening's announcement and to kind of sort through what we know from what we think we know. Aoife Walsh, education commentator and guidance counsellor from Malahide Community College in Dublin is on the line. Aoife, we've been talking to you every few programmes that this story kind of chopped and changed and we know now that the junior cert exams have been cancelled and I'm sure that has caused some shockwaves in many households. But in terms of the leaving cert, we knew that there were negotiations happening. They were focusing on this twin track approach and here we are with this decision now and a new term for us all accredited grades what is the current situation as we stand this evening for leaving cert students 
Okay, so what we understand as of now, and what I would say is yesterday's announcement gave us a lot of clarity and a lot of reassurance, but there's a huge amount of details that we don't know just yet, and we'll get there. And it's still, I suppose, a little bit worrying for students. They may have questions in and around different more specifics, but we will get there. And what will probably happen is the department will release that information to school in the next week or so, and the school will then be able to communicate that to you. But what we know is, all students are going to be given a choice. Every student is going to receive their accredited grades or will be awarded accredited grades. And then you can choose whether or not you will go at an exam or you prefer not to sit an exam. You can choose that for all of your subjects or you can choose that for a selection of subjects. And then your accredited grade result and your exam result will be released on the one day I'm presuming in August. Mm -hmm. So when you get your cert, it will give you a grade and that will be the best grade, whether it was the grade the teacher awarded you or the grade you received from the exam, they will find the best one and that's what you'll get. Now, last night um, I was watching the ISSU, the Students' Union Instagram kind of live discussion. I think Ruben was hosting it there last night. And one of the things that struck me was they said they were sorry that students wouldn't be able to get their accredited grades before the exam grades, that they would get them at the same time. But why did this particular point matter to them, do you think? I think probably because that's what happened last year. Last year, the students got to see their grades, their, their, their predicted grades or their calculated grades, as they were called last year. And then if they were unhappy, they chose to take the exam. So maybe they felt like that takes a bit of pressure off. You know, you can um, make a decision more open with your eyes more open. Sure. But I'm not sure if that's the case because they are going to award you the better one. You can choose not to do the exam if you're confident that you'll get a good accredited grade and you're going to be at no um, loss for taking the exam. You're not going to, you know, so in, in a way it's, it's take, don't take the exam if you're very confident, but if you wish to take the exam, you will still get the better grade, whether that's the accredited one or the exam. So you're not going to be on at a loss if you just decide to do the exam and it goes badly. Because I think another interesting aspect, and like you say earlier, look, I've been looking at this stuff all day. There's still so much to be clarified. But, you know, there are deadlines approaching for practical and oral work. And, you know, music, for example, we discussed this on the programme a few weeks ago. For some students almost 50% of their grade relies on that practical, you know, getting in and playing their instrument. So what is the situation, as we know, at this point, when you look at those looming deadlines, those orals and those practical bits of work? So what, what it seems to be the case today is that if you're not choosing to take the exam, you will not be taking your oral and you will not be doing the practical. So only the students who choose to go ahead and do the exam will take the oral and the practical. Students who decide they don't want to do that um, will be awarded their full accredited grade from their teacher. Um, and it may sound strange, um, but I suppose students should be rest assured that their teacher has seen them practicing for their practicals. Mm -hmm. They have been preparing them for their practicals. They've been preparing them for their orals. So the teacher would have a good understanding of the standard of that part as well as the standard of the written part. And the teacher will be awarding the credited grade for 100% or they will be doing the exam and the performance practical or the oral as everything's going ahead. Okay. The department did put a caveat in that, you know, if there was a reason that a practical or an oral couldn't go to ahead for public health reasons that they might be cancelled. But for now, we're expecting everything to go ahead apart from PE. Okay. And we'll be talking to Mickey Quinn actually in a few minutes about that. So that's interesting. But the implications then for everybody's studies now, like if you decide to choose accredited grades or you have a child in the house who's saying it, you know, is the pen put down now? Like what is the situation in terms of that? 
we do know that last year on the day that they announced that they were going to go to um, calculated grades, they did say pens down, no more communication from now. Yeah, the work didn't, you know, wasn't going to be considered from that exactly, day. Exactly. Yeah. It stopped on that day. That's not what we're facing this year. We are hoping to go back to school as soon as possible. They're intending to have the last couple of months of teaching and learning. What that's going to look like, we're not 100% sure yet, um, but we'll definitely still be working up until the end of May. So the curriculum still matters and the books and all that yeah. still matter. And hopefully we'll get more clarification on that in the coming days. And, you know, when, te- school, uh, when the students do go back to school, which is hopefully going to be very school- soon, their teachers can talk them through that. But there will still be studying to do and there will still be preparation to do from what we can see. OK, well, Aoife, thank you so much. And just to say, if you're at home planning on taking your exams or any of the individual exams, the timetable was published today and it's due to begin on Wednesday, the 9th of June with English Paper 1 and then Home Economics and due to run until the 29th, where on the last day, I think it's Japanese, Politics and Society, Arabic and PE. But thank you, Aoife Walsh. And we will again be keeping your number close to us for the coming days. And just to say too here that on Tuesday, we're going to start by checking in with a range of the teachers who've been on the show so far to talk to them about the changes, the modifications, the arrangements for your subjects in light of the new plan, you know, about projects and deadlines and all that kind of thing. So that'll be vitally important listening. And we'd love to get your questions on that on studyhub at rte.ie. But now, as Aoife says, we have to get on with that and get on with the other. And this evening, we're trying to expand your horizon past our 5k limits and this is a great subject for this so sit back listen and dream about packing the suitcase all you need is a little music how's about it what do you say we buckle up and go for a little ride Jeepers, I'm only dreaming of getting as far as Holt at this stage. That was a fairly exotic list. But to join us this evening to plough through this course is Margaret Fitzpatrick, geography teacher at Middleton CBS in Cork and ASTI subject representative for this on the line. Margaret, I'm exhausted after that long list of countries that he named there. And it really reminds us of this course, an exciting, a demanding course, but one that you're very fond of. And part of the course that you particularly enjoy is the fieldwork component. And obviously today we're in a different situation with that. You might talk us through a little bit about the geography course and the field work piece? Well the geography investigation is still on the table um, it amounts to 100 marks and that would be worth 20% of the geography exam that is submitted to the state exams commission and the deadline for it has been pushed out it's been extended to the 16th of April so it's worth a fifth of the leaving certificate geography result. And that to you is a really important part of the course because it's the bit where they, they go out, you know, they put it into practice. They, they go out to the field, they could be going down to the beach or a river, um, it could be a local environmental issue. Um, so it depends on the students normally would do very, very well in it. Mm-hmm. Um, like um, they, they, there's a there's a lot of geography skills that they apply, 
and um, with, through teachers' guidance, they do very well in it. Okay. Well, look, as we know, you know, it's all kind of a little bit up in the air at the moment, but we're going to focus on the paper as it stands this evening. And it's a big one. It's two hours, 50 minutes, 400 yeah. marks up for grabs here. You might talk us through the short questions and the long questions and the format, really, of the paper as it stands this evening. Okay, so the written exam, the written exam is worth 400 marks and part one um, consists of short questions and students must attempt 10 questions out of 12 and each question is worth eight marks. Now, I would recommend students to try and complete all the short questions if the time would allow them. Get your 12 done if you can. Yeah, now they should spend 30 minutes at the short questions. And you were saying as well, there's a line in the answer book. So in terms of duration, don't be over-egging it. Just put down the answer and get on with it. Yeah, move on. The short questions are generally based on physical and regional geography. And they examine uh, students' geographical skills. For example, reading and interpreting information from tables, from graphs, diagrams, maps and photos. Students should be able to recognise landforms like a waterfall and know the processes that shape them. They should be able to identify the landforms from an ordnance survey map. They should be able to read grid references, calculate area, distance, and work out cross-sections. Aerial photographs feature. They should be able to tell direction. What direction was the camera facing when the photograph was taken? That's a very common I'm fascinated by that one. How do you work that out? What are the clues for that? Well, um, what I'd be telling my students is to look at a photograph, look at something in the foreground that would be on an ordnance survey map, look at something in the background, line them up and draw a line, find the two, it could be a church and a bridge, find that same church, the same bridge on the ordnance survey, draw your line, and then you rotate the photograph around so that they match up in the same direction. And all maps face north, so you'd nearly be able to tell. Fantastic. Listen, let's move on to the big questions, the mini essays, because, I mean, you know, the amount of bullet points, the amount of knowledge needed here is quite amazing. Four sections to this, is that right? Yeah. Now, students do have great choice. Um, It's slightly different from last year's paper. Candidates must attempt four questions, and this must include one question from each of three sections, physical, regional, the electives, and then you have your option section four. The fourth question can come from any section. So in essence, student could do two physical geography questions, uh-huh. a regional geography question. They could leave out an elective. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? They could leave out one section of the course if they decide to do so. And that's new as a kind of a concession, a modification yeah. already for this year's Leaving Cert cohort. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now, can you talk to me about time? Because I know the clock is all important in this exam, isn't it? Yeah, um, time is going to be their biggest challenge. Um, if we look at part A, part A of a question is normally skills-based and you're talking about six minutes. Okay. Part B of a question, part B um, would be 30 marks. So that would be, uh, you're talking about 15 SRPs. Now, SRP is a significant relevant bullet point for, um, like it's a backed up bullet point, sure. a bullet point with factual information. Uh, it could be the use of a geographical term, a statistic, diag- label diagrams, examples. But students need to keep their eye on the time because there's no point going over the 15 uh, bullet points because there's only a maximum of 30 marks that you can get. So move it along and don't yeah. get caught up in kind yeah. of uh, in, in over-egging it, as we were saying earlier. Now, the thing about it is that's interesting is in the options section, what you're saying is don't get a rush of blood to the head if you see an option that you think you know. Stick with the one the teacher guided you through. 
Yes. So if we go to the options, um, there are four options. Global interdependence, dual ecology, culture and identity, and atmosphere and ocean. And teachers would have chosen one of those options to do. So um, uh, students should stick to the option that they've studied. Don't go, don't do a solo run. Keep to the <laughs> option uh, that the teacher studied, that you, work, you worked with with the teacher. And there'll be three essays there, and you have to do one. Now, this is an 80-mark question. It's quite long. Um, go on, give us a fright. How many bullet points do you recommend for this one? Um, you're talking about 36 SLPs. Wow. Yeah, wow. 36. Wow, OK. And then you get about 20 marks for overall coherence. They should concentrate on three aspects. Don't write everything you know. Concentrate on three aspects of the question and keep the answer structured, focused and no waffle. <laughs> <laughs> Lesson for life there. Listen, Margaret, thank you so much uh, for that for the moment. Margaret Fitzpatrick from Middleton CBS in Cork. And I reckon you deserve a quick cup of tea after all that, but don't go too far because we're going to have you back here in a few minutes to answer some final questions for us on geography. And if you're listening at home and would like to throw a question in, text us at 51551 and we'll pass it on. And now on to English RT's Shakespeare on Sunday season continues this weekend. And next up from the junior search syllabus is much ado about nothing. And no, that's not a commentary on why you need to know your trigonometry. The comedy set in Messina stars Cherie Lungi is the lively Beatrice and Robert Lindsay is the charming Benedict. I pray you, is uh, Signor Montanto returned from the wars or no? I know none of that name, lady. There was none such in the army of any sort. What is he that you speak of, niece? My cousin means Signor Benedict of Padua. Oh, he's returned and as pleasant as ever he was. I pray you, how many hath he killed and eaten in these wars? But, but how many hath he killed? For indeed, I promise to eat all of his killing. Faith, niece, you tax Signor Benedict too much, but he'll be meet with you, I doubt it not. He hath done good service, lady, in these wars. You hath musty victual, and he hath hoped to eat it. He's a very valiant trencherman. He hath an excellent stomach. A good soldier too, lady. And a good soldier to a lady. But what is he to a lord? A lord to a lord, a man to a man, stuffed with all honourable virtues. It is so indeed. He is no less than a stuffed man. Right, there you go. The play starts at 1.35pm uh, on Sunday afternoon RT2 television. And if you miss it, you can watch it on the RT player for the next 30 days. But now for something completely different. Are you ready to move? Well, we warned you earlier to have headbands at the ready as it's time to look away from your screens and do a little bit of exercise. And with helpful tips for incorporating some physical activity into your study routine, I'm joined now by Mickey Quinn, Longford footballer and PE teacher at St. Mel's College in Longford Boys Secondary School. Mickey, good evening to you. Good evening. Listen, let's start with P because, of course, you know, it's always been part of schooling, but finally it took its place on the Leaving Cert course. Tell us about the P for Leaving Cert course, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's probably in its early stages at the moment. Um, I think last year was the first year where it was an examinable subject um, and kind of the way things came about, it didn't really happen until the uh, repeat exam in November, December last year. So it's still probably, it started in a pilot school, uh, 50 schools and it's been rolled out. So it's into its third year now, but last year was the first year where it um, had progressed to exam stage um, and it's based off over um, three areas there's a physical activity project that's 20 percent a performance assessment that's worth 30 percent and the actual exam itself is worth 50 percent wow so it'll, someday it'll get its full proper run out it's had it's had an interesting kind of start to it all but of course you know the reason the subject has been taken so seriously is because we know how important it is in our lives and for students in particular they're stuck in the room stuck at the desk you know it's important there are benefits for them moving 
Definitely. I think it's probably been neglected. Um, we all know how important it is, but it's probably neglected as a subject um, across the board for a number of years. So to have it as a leaf insert subject is huge. Um, like the benefits of, of being physically active between cardiovascular, respiratory, mental health uh, benefits, um, the list goes on. Like it's listed as having, um, it can help up to uh, 20 different chronic conditions and diseases and help manage and uh, and prevent those conditions. So um, it, it's a really important subject and something that I'm very passionate about as a PE teacher and um, trying to teach and educate um, young young kids how important it is to, to stay fit and healthy, that they can live a long and healthy, happy life. Well, when you look at the wonderful career that you've had home and abroad, I mean, sport and exercise is such a part of your life as such. But I'm just wondering, right, for parents maybe who are listening in, who have students at home, who won't leave the house, who won't go for that walk, what is your kind of advice around that? Because we all know we want teenagers to get out and about, but it'd be hard, sometimes hard to get them out the door. Definitely. And it, it, this time of year, it's been 10 times harder than when the first lockdown was during the summer months when uh, the weather was better, the sun was, it was brighter at night. Um, Even like you find it hard in this weather, but that cheers me up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I'm looking out now and I find personally, for me, it's trying to create healthy habits that work. Do you know, if it, if it means writing a, a journal every day, like how, how were you feeling today? And were you feeling good? Why were you feeling good? Or why were you feeling bad? And it can be simple things like you got out got some fresh air for me um the big one is putting away the phone in the morning and at night time it could only be 30 minutes before bed and 30 minutes away in the morning i think we're all guilty of that especially with screen time being um so common now across the board sure. whether we're sitting down on a laptop um and you know our time to unwind tends to be picking up the phone while the tv's on um, and we're not really conscious of, of what's happening. Whereas going for a walk, maybe leaving the phone behind and um, trying to get that, that eight hours sleep and, and hydration is, has been big when you're sitting at home that you're not just kind of reaching for the the snacks rather than trying to drink the water or, or my wadi or something like that to, to keep you taking over. So <laughs> creating those healthy habits has been something that has helped me. And lead by example, as you say, you know, if you don't be moaning at the young fellow not to le about leaving the house, if you're not leaving the house yourself, I think is probably a good one. Exactly. But come here to me, as we were saying a few minutes ago, the students are stuck in their uh, rooms, like I am in the studio here at the moment. And you were going to give us a tiny little example of what people can do, even sitting at their desk in between subjects. So I think we have a special DJ flown in for this. Um, and we are going to, uh, we go you're going to give us two or three stretches. I'm going to try them myself here that you can do at your desk at home. So if you want, to uh, start what's the first one the Mexican wave tell me about that Mickey what am I doing for the Mexican wave first one nice and simple you're reaching your hands down bending your knees and your hips trying to get your fingertips to the floor all the way to the floor oh my all god all the way all to the, the way floor to the but floor. your knees are bent so and you're not too bad <laughs> um, and you're going to stretch your arms up nice and tall okay. up onto your up, tippy up. toes right and swing them back down like you're doing a Mexican wave. Three of those. Three of those in a row, down. right? I'm here now. Yeah. I'm working very hard here at the studio. <laughs> right, what's my next, next one? What's the second one? A bear hug. So you're going to give yourself a big bear hug with your elbows Good. nice Love and it. high. And then bend your hips and your knees and you're going to bring your <laughs> chin to your chest and tuck your chin to your chest okay. and try and bring your elbows right down to your knees. I'm right and down here. Fabulous. Yeah. Okay, give myself a hug on the air a little bit. Yeah. Gradually 
straighten up your back oh, and your knees brilliant. and your hips and stretch your arms out to the side. Out to the side, okay, I'm touching the walls yeah. here. And quickly, give me one more before I pass out. And then the last one is just standing on one leg. One leg, okay, up I go, yeah. Tuck the other knee into your chest. And if you're right. struggling with that, you can lie down on the ground. Um, so it's just a simple that knee to chest. Knee to chest, um, yeah. So three on each side one, um, and holding two, it at the top for three. two seconds. So working on your balance. And holding my breath and exhaling. So there's three top tips that you can give me there that I can do at my desk. So no excuse really is what you're telling me. <laughs> nice and simple. So the big thing is just making it fun and a bit of competition for kids at home um, to, to make it a bit of fun for them. Well, listen, I'm giving you a mental kind of Mexican wave and thanks for that this evening. That was brilliant. You've done a brilliant video for us that we're going to post as well of just some exercises that people can do at home. So we'll lash that out on our social media channels later on. But Mickey, thank you so much for joining us this evening. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you. And listen, we just have time to go back to Margaret Fitzpatrick for a quick minute there. Margaret, you're there again, I hope. I am, yep. Listen, Margaret, just again, um, graphs. People want to know, do you only use one graph in an answer or can you use multiple graphs and pie charts and, you know, diagrams in an answer? Um, you're talking about Section AD for 20 marks. Um, I'd, I'd stick to bar graphs or column charts. Um, here we see cross-curricular schools from maths being transferred over, over to geography. Use graph paper or else you'll be penalised. Label your axes, your horizontal and your vertical axes. Make sure the scale is correct. Make sure the graph has a proper title. Use a ruler. Um, I wouldn't use pie charts because you spin Why too not? long. You spend too long trying to work out um, the sectors. Really? So you just say, yeah. just forget about them, eliminate I them? I'd go with bear or column or trend chart. And there's normally two marks for overall presentation. So even if you have your bar graph drawn and you've got a couple of to uh, minutes left over at the end, go back and start shading it and make it nice and neat and tidy if you could at all. Okay. Students could at all. And the last word, word that word count for the mini essays. How many points do, does a student need? For the, the mini essays, that's the 30 mark essays you're talking, the mm -hmm. 30 mark ones, mm -hmm. 15, 15 SRPs. Okay, and the advice about selecting that fourth option, I'm worried I'll panic and make the wrong choice. Um, that keep to what the teacher has done. So if the teacher has done geoecology or atmosphere and ocean, stick, just don't see a, a title and write on it, as in stick to what the teacher has done in class. OK, well, look, thank you so much for joining us this evening with all that, Margaret. We'll probably be back to you again as these things are changing all the time. But for the moment, thank you so much, Margaret Fitzpatrick from CBS Middleton in Cork. That's our lot for this evening. We'll be back on Tuesday evening with French. And as I said, some in-depth pointers on how the Leaving Cert curriculum will change with the new Leaving Cert processes. So until 6.30pm on, on Tuesday evening, you can send us in your questions, your comments and your queries and email them to us at studyhub.rte.ie. 